Good morning. I'd like to welcome you back to our final Anchored in the Word morning reflection for this week and hope that you have enjoyed each of our studies and that these things have given you some things that encourage you each day. Uh, we are again in Luke chapter 1, verses 67 to 79, and so I'd like us to read it together. And then I'd like to share with you one final thought, uh, answering a question, how can all of these blessings that we have talked about this week from Luke chapter 1, how do they become ours? What is, uh, what is the uh, channel through which God connects us to those blessings? Here's what it says. His father Zecharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. He hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which, he, which have been since the world began, that we should be safe from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them which sit in darkness, and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, we have talked about so many different benefits or blessings that are provided in Christ. We have talked about remission of sins. We've talked about being able to serve God without fear, to be able to serve him in holiness and in righteousness. We've talked about the fact that these truths are something that demonstrate God's faithfulness to his word. And this has been the continuous story of the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's about the redemptive work of Christ. We've talked about the nature of that redemption, how Christ had to pay the price for our sin. To redeem us, he had to pay the price of laying down his own life and dying for our sins. And, and we've talked about blessings or benefits that are rooted in that gospel message. But that really leads us to one final question, and this is at the heart of everything here. The question is, how do the blessings that are provided in Christ, secured by Christ, available to us in Christ, how do those blessings become our blessings? How are we able to actually secure those things, if you want to put it in that way? Another way to ask the question is, what do we have to do to be saved? Okay. That's the question I want to address here. And there are lots and lots of scriptures that we could go to. We could go to Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We could go to Romans chapter 10, where it says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? With the heart one believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture saith, whosoever believeth in him should not be ashamed. Okay, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We could go to all these different passages, but the one I'd like to share with you this morning is John chapter 1, verse 10, and 10 to 13. Here's what it says. He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to be called the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, 
nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The simple answer to the question is, you must be born again. It's exactly what Jesus says to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He says, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so these verses tell us that a person has to be born again, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is a miraculous birth that takes place by the power of God himself. The spiritual birth is something that takes a person from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. And it happens at the moment that a person receives Christ. You can call someone God's child because they've received Christ. That's what these verses are saying. But the question we should ask is, what does it mean to receive Christ? Do I ask him into my heart? Do I make some commitment to him? What does it mean to receive him? Well, that word receive has the idea that you are accepting as true what the Bible says about Christ. And then you are taking that belief or conviction that this is true, and you are personally responding to it by trusting in it. That is the sense of what he means by receiving Christ. I'm convinced that he is who he says that he is. I accept it. I accept him and I want to personalize it. I want to actually act upon it by trusting in the message. For instance, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, it is by grace that ye are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. It's by grace. It is a gift and it's through faith. So the way that a person receives Christ means that they accept what the Bible has to say about the fundamental components of the gospel. And the center of the gospel is Christ and who he is and what he did. So first of all, a person has to accept, hey, I need a savior because I'm a sinner. Romans 3.23, all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. We have to accept that, in fact, we are guilty. As in Adam, all die. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. We are under condemnation by nature, children of wrath. And we have to accept that, in fact, that that is true. And we also accept what the Bible says about Christ. He's God in flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And we have to accept what he did for us. He went to the cross and he despised the shame. He was nailed to the cross. He shed his blood on the cross. He died physically. He rose triumphant from the grave. And so because of who he is and what he did, we have the ability to be saved by God. We also have to accept that while we have the ability to be saved, that ability is not something that comes from us. In other words, we are incapable of earning our way to God or paying our sin debt ourselves. We have to come through Christ and Christ alone. So that is the first side of the receiving. I accept as true what the Bible says, but then I have to personalize it. I have to choose to trust or rely or depend rest in what Jesus Christ has done for me. And one of the ways that we do that is we acknowledge it with our mouth because we believe it in our heart. As it says in Romans 10, it says, with the heart, one believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so a person that believes this is true and wants to trust in it calls on the Lord saying, I believe this, please save me. That is the sense of it.
And so I asked you this morning, as you go into the weekend, has there been a time in your life where you understood what the Bible teaches about your sin, your condition before God, who Jesus is, what he did, and why it matters? And then have you gone beyond just a knowledge of this and have you actually personally responded to it by calling on the Lord and trusting in him alone as your savior? If you haven't, then the greatest encouragement I can give you today is turn to Christ, trust him as your savior. And if you have, thank God again and again and again for what he has given you in Christ. Lord willing, we'll meet many of you back on Sunday. And if not, then we will, Lord willing, be uh, in another passage of scripture for our study on Monday morning. Have a blessed weekend, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye now.